Let him work. Praise him. Let him work. Let him work. Good morning, my beloved brothers and sisters in Christ. Today we gather to reflect upon a topic that has plagued the human heart since the beginning of time. The poison of envy. Heavenly Father, Please bless this entire congregation. Please bless all of our loved ones. Cover us in your refuge so that we are protected from all that could possibly harm us. We know that you are the only way. We know that your love is incomprehensible but we are thankful that you had offered it to us. I begin again this morning by extending a second good morning to all of my brothers and sisters in Christ. Today we gather to reflect upon a topic that has plagued the human heart since the beginning of time. The poison of envy. Envy is a destructive force that can corrode our relationships, hinder our spiritual growth, and distance us from God's love. Let us turn to the word of God to gain insight on how to overcome this toxic emotion. At a Texas Youth League football contest, a coach by the name of Michael Hickman was gunned down on the football field after a game. A fight ensued at the conclusion of the contest between Coach Hickman and the coaches and parents of the opposing team. It was determined that the reason for the altercation was simply that Coach Hickman's team won the game. The opposing team's coaches, being envious and resentful and dissatisfied with the end results, took Coach Hickman's life. Coach Hickman died on the field that day in front of his wife, children, the players from both teams, as well as fans. The average age of the football players participating 
in that contest that Saturday afternoon was seven years old. Of all the human characteristics that are bad, envy can be the worst. The scripture states in James chapter 3 verse 16 that for everywhere envy and strife exist. Confusion and every evil thing are there. Defined as a painful and resentful awareness of an advantage enjoyed by another joined with the desire to possess that same advantage. Envy arises when we are experiencing dissatisfaction in our own lives. It is often rooted in low self-esteem, sometimes from a very early unmet childhood need where the person feels not good enough. Have you ever experienced a moment in your life that you did not feel good enough? I believe we all have, especially when we dare to view ourselves from God's lenses. Have you ever bounced a small child on your knee in the presence of another child? Or picked up a small child, playing with them, or giving them attention in front of another child of equal age? What you will find is that the other child will reach out to you in desire of your equal attention for them. And if that child does not feel that they are receiving that in which they desire, they experience hurt and dissatisfaction from the pain of perceived rejection. When we fail to know our self-worth from God's perspective, it becomes easy for us to devalue ourselves within our own thinking. It is vitally necessary to possess a proper self-concept even at a young age to have a balanced and peaceful mind with contentment. To be content is to experience a long-lasting and stable sense of peace and satisfaction. But comparison kills contentment. When we find ourselves measuring and analyzing others, we void ourselves of the ability to be content and at peace with ourselves. It is when we so badly desire and yearn for success, material wealth, status, privilege, affection from others, or even a victory in a youth league football game, we cannot handle seeing another person who possessed that in which we so desperately want for ourselves. Our envious hearts becomes hate-filled and even murderous in intent, transforming us into versions of ourselves that many of us cannot even imagine that we could ever become. In Genesis chapter 4, verse 1 through 9, the scriptures speak of the siblings of the first family, Cain and Abel, who both desired to please God with their offerings. Cain's offering was from the soil, and Abel's offering was a living thing. The scripture states that God accepted the offering of Abel and rejected the offering of Cain. As a result, Cain envied his brother. Then envy became hate, and that hate became murder, causing Cain to murder his own brother. It seems unimaginable that the ones who we could love unconditionally could we be moved to destroy. We all possess within 
the struggle with the Cain and Abel sides of ourselves. Cain and Abel were not only two brothers from the same human family, but Cain and Abel were also two possibilities from the same human mind. Every time we succumb to our Cain side, we lose our Abel side or ability to stay connected to the spiritual things of God. How many of us can remember the old school cartoons that displayed on the shoulders of the main character, the small devil and the small angel? Little did we know as children that these were representations of the internal struggle of the self between the spiritual principles of God and the personal gain of the world. When we ignore the spiritual principles, it becomes easy for us to continue to disobey God. However, when we resist disobedience and operate in alignment with God's will, we become stronger. We are able to meet God's standard for our lives more consistently. We escape the inevitable consequences caused by envy. We remain in spiritual good health. But envy is an internal sickness. What makes envy a sickness is that the envious person, in an attempt to destroy another, destroys themselves in the process. If you hate me for that in which I have no ability to give to myself, my life, or my gifts, you really don't hate me. You hate the giver of my life and my gifts. It is God that you have issue with. When we see an amazing talent, a personal characteristic, an ability or achievement of some sort, we're witnessing, what we're witnessing is God's love on display through other people. The scripture says in 1 John chapters 4 and 16 that God is love and whoever abides in love abides in God and God abides in him. We're envying God himself that we see within others. In doing so, we become the Judas of the modern day. It was the exploits of Jesus that Judas and the other religious leaders of his day so badly envied. The love that Jesus received from the people, the wisdom he possessed, and the miracles he performed made them unable to rest until they destroyed him. We must not allow ourselves to become who and what they were. As believers, we must surely recognize that our loving God would not bless the world and not us. We all possess God-given gifts of our own. We are all unique. Our gifts were crafted with us in mind. That means it is not for everyone else. We are all custom made. Why live an off-the-rack life attempting to be another when God has tailor-made you for your life? It is our obsession with others that causes us to neglect to find and fail to develop our own gifts. We over-appreciate what someone else possesses and under-appreciate what we possess. And once... Our focus and emotions are misdirected as a result of envy. We begin a process of self-destruction. Yeah. 
Our self-esteem from comparison is diminished. Our joy and appreciation for our own blessings are lost. We become separated from God by choosing not to trust him. We question his will for our lives and the lives of others. The scripture says in Proverbs 3, chapters 3, verses 5 and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on thine own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Who are we to question God's truth? Which of us are qualified to say, God, I'm sorry, but you made a mistake when you decided against my personal will. As I stand here today, I must acknowledge that I have questioned God in my personal dissatisfaction. In my envy, I wanted to know why did someone else deserve more of what I so desperately desire. My envy was the peace and tranquility that is possessed by those who do not experience racism. I asked, why must the educational institutions for our children be of the poor sort? And if we move our children to affluent schools, our children are insulted, assaulted, socially isolated and made to feel bad about who they are. I question God as to why was, must we be brutalized, assaulted, and murdered by the racist representations in the police force? Why must we have to teach our children how to respond when pulled over by an officer of the law? I can only see my own face when I say, be pleasant. Don't do anything to make them feel uncomfortable. Put both of your hands on the wheel. Roll down all four of the windows. Don't fall victim to any verbal insult or disrespect. Stay cool. The goal is simply for you to make it back home alive. We live in a state of continuous post-traumatic stress for the safety of our loved ones and ourselves. I can't understand this, Lord. How could a loving God allow such a thing? There was no loud, thunderous voice. There was no roaring sound. I heard within my spirit the question, where were you when I created the foundations of the universe? You speak of your people. Which of them did you create? They are all my people. I do not recall your objection when I selected you from the 500 million cells during your parents' union to bring you into the world. I do not remember your objection when you prayed to me asking to be healed of cancer and I healed your illness. I do not remember your objection when you prayed to me to protect and cover your children from all harm, seen and unseen, and I blessed your children. When you were driving too fast on the highway and hit a deer, you didn't have one scratch. I have given you peace and tranquility. 
The sickness of your envy has blinded you to your own blessing. What I have given you is greater than anything that you could desire for yourself. If you were given a billion dollars today and lost your vision and ability to walk tomorrow, would you not give back that which the world has given you to repossess that which I have given you? We certainly all would. God placed in my spirit that the only solution to overcoming my envy is his will and word. If we all operated accordingly, the issue of the world that we most detest would not even continue to exist. The contentment for what we have provides us with the peace and tranquility in where we are as we continue to grow and develop to meet our futures. I have forgotten the many blessings that I do have. My children are safe, healthy, and thriving in their lives. As a 52-year-old man, I am blessed to have my parents and one of my grandparents. I was once a cancer patient. Now I stand here with a clean bill of health. God has given me my peace. God showed me that the antidote to the poison of envy is gratitude. Love, humility, and most of all, trust in God's will for the betterment of the world. I know that I know that I know. God is the only way. We sometimes envy others. We sometimes question God but we can only see the one domain of life of those that we envy. We envy the superstardom of celebrities. We don't envy when they have to go to drug rehab centers. We don't envy when they're sued for their wealth. We don't envy when them and their children have death threats. There are both struggles and sacrifices that comes with everything. You may envy another for their gift, and it becomes a burden for you because God didn't build you for it. Many religious leaders of his day envied Jesus. They envied God the Father. Do they envy the sacrifice? Do we? Imagine... If in order to save mankind, you had to sacrifice your most beloved child. Your precious baby could not be sacrificed. They had to have, they had to be tortured in the most humiliating and painful way known to man. Your child is completely innocent of any wrongdoing. And even though they are terrified, pleading to you, is there another way? They go through with it because of their love and trust for you. And the reason that you ask them to make such a sacrifice is because of your love for everyone else. You make this request of your child knowing that many of the recipients of this blessing will still not respect or even appreciate it. Could you make that sacrifice? Could you display this level of unparalleled love? The answer is no. None of us could. That is why 
it deserves. That is why. That is why it deserves the greatest degree of gratitude. That's what God has given us. If God did not bless any of us again, he would have already blessed us too much. We should trust in his word and his will. Our lives, our gifts, and all of our blessings are God's way of showing his love for us. Abel sacrificed a life for God's acceptance. Jesus sacrificed his life for God's acceptance. We must also sacrifice our lives for God's acceptance. And the greatest gift that we could give God is the gift of obedience to God. And he will accept and be pleased. As we reflect on the poison of envy, let us commit ourselves to a life of contentment, gratitude, love, and humility. May we all seek and trust God's guidance in overcoming envy. May we embrace the abundant life that he has designed for us. May we all applaud, admire, respect, and appreciate the amazing and wonderful gifts that we bear witness to as we look at one another. It is my hope that as we all continue to walk in the light of God's love, that we are a constant blessing to our families, ourselves, and others in a way that God will be pleased. I thank you for this opportunity to share God's word, and may you all be blessed. Ms. Adele, thank you so very much. We were sitting in my office, um, and we were talking, and we had a conversation, and I told uh, Brother Dale, I says, you have to um, allow God uh, to use you to do what he wants done. Uh, God has a message that he wants to deliver to the people, and he chose you to deliver the message. I just want you to know how godly proud I am of you and uh, your walk with God and, yes. and uh, your commitment to him. Um, I've been in your life for quite a long time, and it has been a blessing to see the growth uh, spiritually. Um, this message today, overcoming the poison of envy, is a very, very powerful, powerful, powerful message. 
Um, and I really want us to take it in, and let's not uh, let that blow over, um, because God gifted us. And so often, we are not appreciative of what God has given us. All our flaws and our shortcomings, and, and people say all these different things. But you are everything that God wanted you to be. Amen. Always remember that uh, often you may see a seed. In the midst of that seed, you don't see the orchard. But there's an orchard in the midst of that one seed. Uh, just like you. Uh, there's so much inside of you that God wants the world to experience. He wants the world to know him and love him for who he is. And so he put himself hidden inside of you uh, in the form of a small seed. Some people look at it and they step on it and they kick it around and think it's nothing. What they don't realize is that seed that God had placed inside of them is going to give life to so many people. That's why you don't have to envy anyone else. You just have to be appreciative what God has done for you. Amen. And if you can just be thankful for what you have and be content for what God has given you, the family God has given you, the children of God, don't envy anybody else's children. I mean, you don't know anybody else's story. Nobody tell you their story. You don't know their story, so don't envy someone else, right? You don't know what they had to get through. I remember Jack Nichols uh, told a story once. Uh, a young man says, Jack Nichols, I want to be like you. He says, son, you have no, I mean, no idea how many hours uh, I spent on a golf course. He said, when you're sleeping, I'm swinging. You know, so all you, all you see is the end results. But it's a lot of work goes into being where I am. I want you to know nobody can be like you. You are so special, so special, that they made things in this world that's rare, very valuable. The more rare a thing is, the more valuable it is, right? No one, no one has your DNA. God created you. You're so valuable. There's no one like you. And at the same time, he puts something in you that can produce others. Isn't God amazing? Amen. Dale, thank you so very much. I promise you. Man. Keep on doing what God is doing. God has you doing amazing things in the school system. Yes, you're doing amazing things. Coaching, uh, uh, everywhere you go, uh, God has you there. He gave you some beautiful daughters. They are so blessed because of you. Uh, I thank you for being the dad that you are, the teacher that you are, the athletic director that you are, the coach that you are, and the man that you are. Amen. I want everyone to bow your heads. I want everyone to bow your heads. I want you to think about how important you are to God. You're so important, God said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I created you in my image. I want you to see yourself sitting at God's feet as he tells you how important you are. 
and why through all the obstacles, all the ups and downs, all the trials and tribulations, that he still was right there with you. Why is it that you mean so much to him? And I want to share with you why. Because he loved you. It's because he loved you so much that he said, I'll never leave you out there alone. You'll never go through a situation and be alone. You'll never deal with anyone and be alone. You don't have to envy anybody because what I have for you is for you, son. What I have for you, daughter, is for you, daughter. So don't envy anybody else. Grow where you're planted. Believe in you. Trust in me. Have faith and confidence in me. And know that the assignment I have for you is for you. Lord, thank you. Thank you for each person to hear our voice. Thank you, Lord, for your amazing, amazing grace. Thank you for your amazing love. Thank you. Thank you for delivering us. Thank you for healing us. Thank you for protecting us. Thank you. Even when we didn't know, even we thought someone else had more, you showed us that we had more than enough. Thank you for making us so rich in you, giving us access to all of you. Lord, we appreciate you so much. As we prepare, Lord, to carry out the rest of the day, we ask you to remind us on every turn how you're right there with us. Let us see you in every conversation. Let us see you in every visitation. Let us feel your presence in, under every circumstance. Thank you. And we love you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Give Lord a hand clap. I want you guys to uh, think about giving. Uh, it's a time of giving. All right? uh, God has blessed us. He has really blessed us immensely. I mean, some of us, God has done wonderful things in our life. Uh, this is an opportunity for us to give back to God, right? A portion of what he's given us. Don't hold back on God, right? Because God can only do work through you. So when you hold back, what you're telling God is, God, I just don't trust you. I'm afraid if I give, I won't have. He said, I promise you. If you give... I'll make sure you get it back. Good measure, press down and shaking together and running over. I'm going to bless you. So don't be afraid to give. Pay your tithes and offerings. We're doing ministry so people's lives can be changed. Lord, bless the offering. Bless every single person, every kid, every adult. Bless right now. Let everyone give something. You told us never come in your present empty-handed. So we should come willing to bring an offering. So thank you for what you blessed us with. And bless the offering. Let it be you for the upbuilding of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You all may be stand, please, and be ready to be dismissed. The altar is going to be open for those who like prayer. You can give on Giver 5. Uh, 
Cash app, you can write a check. Um, there's multiple ways you can give. I wish you would make a commitment. I want to say this. I wish everybody, everybody would make a commitment that they'd be willing to give so much every week to the church. If you make a commitment and make that sacrifice and make it on a consistent basis, you can go to your bank uh, and have it automatically taken out, right? Because we can't do ministry without you. And if you make a commitment, I promise you, I promise you, I'm telling you what I know, not what I heard. God will bless you. I'm a living example. God will bless you. But if you can make a commitment to your church, right, and uh, make a financial contribution every week, right, and you set aside what you're going to do for the Lord, and you make that commitment, God will bless you. Amen? Lord, as we leave this place, never ever your presence, you're always with us everywhere we go. Just give us traveling mercies. Let us find our homes the way we left them. Thank you, Lord, uh, for bringing us here safely. And as we leave, uh, let us show the love, but not only here, but people that's out there that's struggling mentally, emotionally. Let us be you with skin on it as we go and show your love to others. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. See yourself dismissed. The altar is open for prayer. Any of those like prayer?